0: Alright, this is Jeffrey Harris reporting for the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. And for today's interview, I am speaking with the one and only, the king of the big dog style, the eye-poke god, the mouth of the mid-south, the medium-sized man beast, lariats and light beers, the macho mancer, weighing 187 pounds out of Bucksnort, Tennessee. He is the southern psycho, Mance Warner. Mance, how you That's doing amazing. today?
1: That was amazing. See, you you hit the hot spots for me. Oh, Mance, I ain't even gotta say nothing now. You already got it in there. I ain't gotta say nothing.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, man. I, I saw the intro and I'm like, man, I got. I mean, this guy know he knows what he wants, and we gotta get this started right. So, uh, Mance, uh, MLW has brought you to the national TV stage. Um, yes, how are you liking your run in MLW so far?
1: I'm oh, loving it. Before you get to that, I gotta okay. correct you though. You said 186. I did weigh 186 at one point. I'm 217 now. I've gained some weight. I gotta update that on Twitter. Okay. I'm late. I'm lazy sometimes. I know if I I gotta go in there and edit just that one thing, and I forget every damn day. But at some point, I will update that on there.
0: So, so you've got you've gone up, you've gone up from light heavyweight. Now you're now you're a pure heavyweight. Great.
1: Yes, sir. All right. More light beers, More light beers. More light Get, you beers. Up there.
0: get exactly. Um, so great. I mean, we we've got you on national TV on being sports now. Um, how do you like being a part of the the MLW roster?
1: Oh man, I love it. There's so many guys out there. I mean, you could just run through the whole roster out there, and there's there's a lot of dream matches, a lot of. Uh, a lot of dream fights. Old oh, men's I don't do matches. I do fights. I get in there. I just throw headbutts and eye pokes and kicks and punches and headbutts and all that. So, uh, I mean, so far, you know, I've I've made a visit with L.A. Park out there. We sold that some bitch out. Me and Jimmy Havoc at the last one. I know all the ratings out there. It ain't all about ratings and all that shit, man. But I know we broke some with me and, and Havoc out there in the barbed wire match. And they ain't had a barbed bar wire match since uh, Corino and Terry Funk, so you know that that's an honor right there.
0: Now you know, speaking of fights in MLW, it looks like uh, Dynasty is is trying to start something up with you. Uh, are they are they writing? Are their mouths writing checks that their butts can't cash?
1: Exactly, man. I mean, you put it, you put it right there. Exactly, there there are a bunch of, of rich boys out there that used to get whatever they want. And they run around say whatever they want, you know. People are too afraid sometimes to say anything back to them. They let them get away with stuff. Oh Mister, I don't play like that, man. You say something to me, you step to me a certain way, you disrespect Old oh, Master, I'm going to put my boot up the side of your head, and just, that's the way it's going to be.
0: Um, have they started a war with you, and are you going to have to just, uh, I mean, draw a line in the sand, cross over it, and just start a fight?
1: Yes. Oh Man, I'm a simple man. I, You know, I, I don't start no shit that I can't finish. So when they come to me and they and they start flapping their gums and talking trash and, and like you said, you know, they they start somebody start old no master gonna finish it, you know. So we'll see what happens with them boys out there.
0: Do you want Alex Hammerstone? Do you want that do you want that MLW open Weight title? Is that the, is I want that that the gold, target?
1: baby. I wanna hit that pay window. He's got gold, old master wants it. All
0: right. So it looks like twenty twenty could be the year we, we see you win your first MLW title.
1: Yes, sir. I'm going to hit that pay window. And if any of them boys get involved, I'm going to lay them out, too.
0: Now, I'm just curious. What is your current status with MLW? Are you signed to them? Do you have a contract with them? Uh, what What's the deal?
1: Yeah, old mentors out there. I show up. I, get, I either get on a flight and get out to the show, or I get up my beautiful truck, my Silverado, and I ride down there, and I show up, and I beat the hell out of people.
0: Yeah, I think it's good for wrestling fans, because I, I think we're getting like a good variety of... Uh, of uh, Of content out there these days, we have good streaming content out there. GCW, who you've uh, worked with, they're doing a lot of shows. MLW is running shows, and and you know we have options. You know, if you're not a big fan of the big show in WWE, we got we've got more talent, we've got more talent, more more content out there than ever between the internet between cable, I think there's a lot of variety, but what do you think? Um, just the fans getting getting to see all, all all these all these different talent out there right now.
1: Man, it's like a buffet, man. I mean, there's so many companies, so many different ways to watch stuff. I mean, you can jump on YouTube, you can get on Fight TV, you can get on uh, IWTV, you know, as there's so many streaming sites that have so much different content on there. You know, uh, back in the day, you had to give VHS or a DVD, you know, you had to go down to the store, you know, uh, you know, whatever store there was, Mama Pop Shop, whatever it was, and go down there and you just had some ECW, some WCW, some WWF, you know. Maybe you maybe your place had an FMW tape here or there. Or you had got to get on the internet and try to bootleg stuff. Nowadays, it's all right there, man. If you don't like something that's on Monday night, you can watch something else.
0: Now, you're, you're a fighter. I mean, you're a brawler, but... I believe you are you are an artist and a storyteller in your own way. But sometimes I think your your kind of genre and your style can be a little misunderstood. Um, why is it tough? Why is it tough for people to con- to sometimes uh, accept sort of the more hardcore, rougher edge? You know that you a guy like you brings to the table.
1: I think it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, you know, you got people that are set in their ways and to them it's, it's you paint a picture one way and that's it you got other people that there's some people that only want to see death match wrestling some people want to see old school wrestling some people don't you know they want to see comedy stuff old master does a little bit of everything that's always been my thing i can do a little bit of everything you know sometimes if i'm just doing a straight up wrestling you know uh, just out there fighting people get mad they want to see a deathmatch. Sometimes people, you know, if I do a comedy thing, they get pissed off I'm doing a comedy thing. Can't make everybody happy. I understand that. I ain't going to give no one no hell on their opinion or whatever they think about this or that. It is what it is. You know, I think people just get set in their ways. You know, you can't change nobody. They're going to think what they want to think.
0: I think you said something interesting once, where, like, the guys who know how to have a death match are good wrestlers, and they know how to and they know how to wrestle. And I think... I think you know, going back years and years, you know, look at a Terry Funk or, or look at exactly. Mick Foley; those guy, those guys could go in the ring, and they weren't just like they were great brawlers, but they could wrestle too. And I feel like you're you're definitely in that category because I've seen you you you've had some very epic contests. So I mean, I think that's a very interesting op, uh, observation you once made. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, everybody knows Old Master loves Terry Funk. I love Ric Flair, I love Arn Anderson, I love Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham, I can go on and on about all the old school guys that I love. Uh, people kind of get, like I said, set in their ways and they want to see what they want to see. Old Mansters went out and I've had uh, you know, a 60 minute straight up wrestling match with Michael Elgin. And then people don't see that because they want to see a death match. Or, you know, people. there's some people that love a bit of everything. You know, I think If you're going to be the best in pro wrestling, you got to do everything. You know what I mean? That's the way I look at it. If you want to be the best, you got to do a little bit of everything.
0: Is is wrestling and what you do is this? Is this a calling for you? Is this like? Do you feel like you know? There's this is what you were put on this planet to do.
1: Oh, exactly, man. Damn straight. You know, because there's there's a connection with the fans that are spending their money that they don't have to spend. People forget that. People think that. The fans shouldn't have no opinion on nothing. If they ain't been in the ring and they ain't take a bump, they can't say shit. I disagree. They're spending their money that they've worked for all week long to come out and see a wrestling fight, you know? So they can they can scream and yell and they can throw their opinion out there. Now, there's some things that if they say they will get their ass handed to them by the boys and girls that do this. But... You know, have your opinion. Come out, spend money. Come enjoy the show. All Manchester is always going to lay it out there for you. I ain't going to phone it in. You're going to see something every single time. You know, it's, it's all about that connection. If I wasn't doing this, I'd be going crazy, brother.
0: Now, one thing I can also tell about you, you have a very unique connection with the crowd and the fans. And I feel like when you're out there, you feed off of the, the, the love from the fans and the reactions. And, and you work... Not, and you, not only that, I feel like you work off the reactions from the fans very well. And I think this is a crucial aspect of doing what you do. What is what is the key to sort of finding that and creating that connection with the fans, but also you know working off of their reactions as well?
1: Okay, it's all, I mean, I think it just comes with, it's a, it's a thing. You can, it's just a thing. Either it's there or it ain't there, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I could go out and, and, you know, I'm not a guy that's going to do a million moves. You ain't gonna see me do a moonsault off the top. I ain't gonna dive through the to the floor. I ain't gonna do none of that. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna hit some you know some high impactful moves, and I'm gonna fight somebody. And when the crowd's into it, they always into it. I you know I I can't think of many many fights that I have where the crowd's just sitting there waiting for the next thing. When they're giving their energy, I'm taking that in, and I can run through a wall. So you know it's just, it's a it's a damn it's a beautiful thing, brother. I mean.
0: How was it for you getting to wrestle uh, Jerry Lawler one-on-one at, at two-cup stuff for uh, Game Changer Wrestling? Did you feel like you ticked off something on the bucket list uh, there with uh, good old Jerry Lawler, the king?
1: Oh, yeah. That was crazy. At one point, I remember standing in that ring and turning and looking at the crowd, and it was like a wave. People were just going nuts, and we ain't even done nothing yet. And then Jerry gets on there and starts cutting his promo. And it, it, was, it was classic, man. It was like old ECW.
0: It's crazy that, Jerry, I can't. Jerry Lawler and the yeah.
1: Hill, you know, too much nowadays. He even said that when he got there, you know. He was like, uh, well, brother, I'm usually, a, you know, babyface. And I had to explain to him, I was like, I hear here at GCW. I said, you see that guy over there? I pointed at Dick Gage. I said, he's the man. So he's he's the guy. And then if it's you and him, he's, he's, he's the king. And it's you and me, king, and, and they, they're going to boo you. And then once we got out there and it clicked with him, and he, I think he was like, oh, okay, I see how it works out here. But yeah, it was awesome.
0: I think that it's pretty amazing for Jerry Lawler is still uh, doing what he's doing at his age, but he doesn't look like a man of his age when he's out there in the ring. Does that impress you?
1: Oh, it was, what impressed me is uh, we went out there and just told a story, man. That's why I love old school wrestling. It's not all about, we're going to hit 15 different moves, and then no selling, this and that, and this and that. We, you go out there and tell a story, and that's what we did. I mean, at one point, Jerry Lawler went me into the crowd, picked up a beer bottle, and swung it out my head. You know, we weren't back there writing that shit down. That's just you out there going at it. And then there's glass in the ring, and when you watch that match back, you know, if you watch it again, pay attention. There's glass all over that ring, and Jerry Lawler's bumping in that shit. Now, so I'm, technically, Jerry Lawler is a deathmatch wrestler, right? Last <laughs>
0: well, <that's> in there. <laughs> now, I'm I'm also curious. Now, you're you 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 just mentioned you are a storyteller. So I I guess what is I think there there's a preconceived notion that guys who have hardcore deathmatches or have those kind of brawls can't be a storyteller. But I but I definitely believe that's the case when when you're out there. What? What is, what's the difference between telling a story and just doing moves?
1: Well, I mean, if you turn on any wrestler from the 80s, early 90s, you know, you could pick anything and, and sit there and watch it. Telling a story is a, is a simple thing. You go out there and you tell that damn story, whatever that story's going to be. You're going to cut the ring off in a tag match. You're going to work somebody's leg. I'm going to just beat the shit out of somebody until that crowd, you know, is losing her mind on her chair for that some bitch to get up and whoop my ass. People forget that nowadays. A lot of people just think about doing moves or how that you know how to get to this or that, and they forget all that in between stuff.
0: Now it sounds like you've also been a fan uh, and studied wrestling for a long time. Like, have you always uh, watched wrestling? Have you always been a fan? Oh yeah,
1: bro. I've been watching this shit since I was yeah probably two years old.
0: So, so I mean, you know, you mentioned guys like Ric Flair, Terry Funk, Arn Anderson. Were those, the guys, were those the guys that really drew your, you know, your inspiration back when you were young? Uh, oh yeah,
1: Dusty Rhodes. Uh, you know, because back in the day, you turn on NWA, WCW, you know, even uh, WWF, and it'd be promos. You wouldn't see a lot of big matches on TV, but you'd see those promos, and then you would go, "Damn, you know, I got to see where, where, where's this going to go," and and. If somebody can talk and tell a story right there, you ain't even got to do nothing. You know what I mean? So watching all those old school guys, Terry Funk, that's why I'm always saying nowadays, you get on YouTube and you can spend, if you don't want to watch Monday night, you can get on YouTube and spend three hours watching promos that will make your head explode.
0: I think what's great about what you bring to the table, Mance, is what you do, it feels, it feels like you. It feels like you're doing what you should be doing. And yes, it feels sir. like you've brought your all of your own little flourishes. All just sort of feel like they've come naturally. And just you know, besides the bandana, I think you know the jacket you have. You always have those impeccable, really great, uh, you know, those kind of warm-up satin jackets. Can you talk? Can you talk about just adding, you know, just sort of like accoutrement to kind of just round things out?
1: Oh, it's just you know, it kind of it is who I am, man. You know them. them a lot of people at first are like, "What the hell's that jacket for?" And then you start seeing them in the crowd, and people have the same jackets. They want me to autograph it, or you know, I've had people offer me all kinds of money for for this jacket or that jacket, and I'm like, "I want to get rid of these, man. These are, you know, you, you know, you got I got jackets hanging up that I ain't worn in a little bit, but it's still, you know, at some point they're gonna be sitting on a wall somewhere while I'm old as hell drinking beers in front of them.
0: Do you have a jacket guy? Do you make your Do you make your own jackets? I'm just curious uh, where you get them.
1: Yeah, I get him uh, made from Japan by a guy named David Lopan
0: oh wow that's pretty that's pretty amazing Do you, so, and you know so you keep if all of them that,
1: if people get that reference they'll love that if they don't get it they'll be looking up well who the hell's David Lopan
0: David that's the character from uh, big trouble in little China right
1: it could be man I don't know it could be
0: it's one of the best one of the best movies of all time <laughs> Jack Burton good old good old Jack Burton Classic. Okay, now let's say you're gonna get stuck on a on a deserted island, and you can only bring one case of beers with you. What What's what's the what's gonna be in that case of beer?
1: Oh, I'm simple, man. I'm gonna get natural light because it's cheap. A lot of people give me give me crap, you know. And they'll say, "Well, you drink that's horrible beer." I'm a cheapskate, man. You know, I go to Dollar General, I go to Aldi, I, I, I go to, to a liquor store down the road, and I get, they know I get to cheat stuff. And it's, you know, it it's is it is who I am, man. I can't change it. You know, I've had people try to give me fancy beers and say, oh, try this. Or, Look, I'm going to bring you down here and let you try this. I am what I am, man. I'm setting my ways.
0: Okay, so that so that explains the whole light beer thing, and that that's just sort of another thing that sounds great for, for the Mance Warner experience. Now, um, I, I remember we, reading once. You were scheduled to face uh, Orange Cassidy once. Did that match ever happen?
1: No, it still ain't happened yet. Because what happened is uh, I was out for a little bit of time. I was out for about a month. So I uh, didn't get to do that matchup. I was trying to do that matchup, but couldn't get it. Uh, well, actually, I was just going to try to show up. And I was like, well, what if I just come out in a wheelchair and then we still do the match? And, you know, they weren't going to let that fly.
0: Do you do you think Orange Cassidy might be scared of you?
1: I think he is. I think he's a chicken shit. <laughs> so we get we get that match booked up. I'll peel them glasses off and poke him in his eyeballs.
0: I gotta be I gotta be honest. You know, if that match would happen like WrestleMania week, like I think this, I'm I'm interested in that match more than any match that happens at WrestleMania or any or anything else that week. You know?
1: Oh, we'd sell out. There'd be eight billion people in the crowd out there. <laughs>
0: Well, well, I mean, here's hoping that match could still happen at some point down the line, or do you think it'll just be like one of those mythic dream matches like that we always hope we're going to see but maybe never gets fulfilled?
1: I don't know, man. You know, nowadays I think if, if we promote it enough and then we just keep backing out over and over, and then what happens is eventually we both get a huge payday and then the fans get the match, but we'll wait like 10 years till we finally do it.
0: What about you and uh, Nick Gage? Have you wrestled uh, Nick Gage yet in your career?
1: Oh, multiple times, man. We always tear it up. Always. We almost cause riots every time we fight. We go all over the building, break a whole bunch of doors, tubes, glass, thumbtacks, punch each other in the face.
0: What do you, what do you think about that? Do you, do you think he's like, he's like a rival that can match your intensity? Do you, do you have uh, oh. some rivals you really respect for your career?
1: He's a man. Nick Gage is the fucking man. He's a, uh, he's one of the guys that uh, he could take a whole locker room and give a speech and every single person in that place will be paid attention. Nobody's on their phone. Nobody's looking around. Everybody's looking at the King and we're paying attention and then we will run through a damn wall.
0: Now, uh, are you going to be working any matches uh, at sort of the WrestleCon or sort of the, the WrestleMania week shows coming up uh, in April? Will you be down in uh, Tampa, Florida?
1: Oh God, I got. I think I got three or four matches a day. I got to look at my calendar out there. I got an old school calendar. I put on my fridge, so I write everything on that. Because a lot of bookers will hit me up and ask me about a date, and I'm on the road, and I go, I got to wait till I get home to look at the fridge, man. But I'm pretty sure I think I got three or four a day out there, so it's all day long, man.
0: Now, do you like to watch other products or other wrestlings uh, when you have time, or, 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 you know, do you just live it so much that you know you don't really need to watch it as much?
1: Oh, I'm always watching it, man. If you're trying to make it in this business, you're always watching everything. You know who's coming up. You know who's going. You know what's going on here and there. you watching old school stuff, new stuff.
0: Now, what do you think? Do you think AEW, do you think their presence has sort of improved conditions, you know, just, you know, in terms of pay and or, you know, in competition uh, for the business overall? Is it good that they're around and, and kind of do you think they're raising the bar for everyone?
1: Oh, it's, it's that simple thing. You look back to the 90s, man, or to the 80s. When there's more companies, there's more jobs, there's more people busy, there's more fans. People are watching more product, you know. It's a win-win for everybody. Whenever there's more places to go and, you know, play at, there's more, you know, money to be made. There's more fans. It's awesome. It's a win-win.
0: Um, have, you, have you ever gotten the chance to work in Japan yet? Is Japan somewhere you want to head over uh, and work?
1: Oh, that's a dream place for old Manster. I would love to go out there. I mean, I know. Uh, I know MLW is doing some stuff. They got some uh, going back and forth over there. I know GCW is. So hopefully, you know, at some point, old Mancer is over there.
0: You need to get you over there. You need to go to Ribera Steakhouse. You need to get one of the, and then you could get like a new Ribera jacket.
1: Damn straight, man. You could add, get one of them. I'll be taking pictures of that all over town
0: could add that to, you could add you could add that to the jacket collection you could probably do some some uh cool stuff with that um do you I'm have,
1: sleep I am sleeping that damn thing
0: <laughs> fantastic um what's your what's your next match or your next show you have coming up
1: i know this coming weekend i got to look at it here i think on thursday i'm going out to uh new york and it's going to be master and old Floggle out there and a hardcore match anything goes down there that's going to be wild and then i come back on friday i believe i'm out at uh, aaw out in chicago and then on saturday i'm out at uh, cleveland for aiw okay AAW, i got the gold baby so i gotta be out there you know whooping abs and drinking lap beers
0: do you remember what was your first barbed wire match can you take us back the to that first
1: barbed wire match god i gotta think i have a
0: <laughs> the He's most recent
1: with. one. I've only done a couple bar. Now are we talking the whole ring is wrapped in barbed wire.
0: The ri- bar, like a barbed wire ring, just like you know. Oh,
1: that's just Jimmy Havoc. That's the only one. There, there ain't many. There ain't many times that they wrap the entire ring. Now, there's times where companies will wrap the ropes in barbed wire. Maybe they have a barbed wire door or a chair or something. Or some barbed wire on a cage, something like that. You know, I've been a cage to death in a combat zone, but the entire ring wrapped in barbed wire was being chip
0: havoc in LW. Now, I mean, what is sort of is is there a, do you have to is is there sort of a reaction you have to train yourself to deal with when you know you're dealing with actual barbed wire, um, and it's probably gonna cut you and it's probably gonna get in there and dig in.
1: Well, for me I'm kind of crazy. People will tell you that after they know me and they've been around me uh, before. I, you know, when I'm pacing around backstage before the before the fight, I'm in another zone. You know, it's I'm am a weirdo, man. When I get out there and get in that match, I know barbed wire is going to cut me. You know, I I've had fans ask me, oh, that's fake, though, right? That's like fake barbed wire. And I'll go up and say, go touch it, man. Right there. Look at zoom in on some of these pictures right there, man. That's legit barbed wire and it goes in your skin, gets in your head, the shit's going to hurt. You know, there ain't no way to prepare for it. You just kind of, you got to be a certain type of person to know that's coming and be okay with what's coming.
0: Now, since you are from Tennessee, do you like some good southern barbecue? Do you like Tennessee barbecue?
1: Oh, I, any time we go somewhere, you know, we're flying around, you know, every week we're going to a different place. I always want barbecue, or I want to go get some some chicken. Some, it don't matter what kind of chicken, you get some barbecue chicken, some chicken wings, you know, wherever we go, and I want that. That's what I want after a show. Now, I want to get a couple beers, get that, and get to bed
0: But you won't say Texas barbecue has better barbecue than Tennessee, right?
1: Man, it's hard to even pick what's, you know, because okay. sometimes, sometimes you go to a place and, and you'll be in Texas or even in Tennessee or, you know, wherever the hell you're at, and and in that town, they'll say this is the best place, man. And you'll go there and eat, and it's a, to me, it's all amazing. If I'm getting paid money to go to other states and get food, I cannot complain, man.
0: Okay, so you're not. Doesn't sound like you're you're too picky. You
1: no, not at all. Whatever works. You know, if if not, I'll be sitting at home eating ramen with tuna fish in it or something. Anyways, making a slam. So.
0: Oh, and Jimmy Havoc, I think I think he's another really uh, great talent. How did you like getting to work with him?
1: Oh, he's. If you could get in the ring with Old Mancer and throw with me and you ain't going to Victor Moan and you're out there and we're just going to, you know, we going to work, I respect you.
0: Awesome. And uh, and last question, Mancer, if there's uh, if there's anything you want to plug, uh, any anything where uh, you want to share, fans can find you, anything you have coming up. I just wanted to give you time to go ahead and plug that and uh, we'll let you get out of here.
1: Oh, yeah. Jump on, on Instagram, old Twitter. On Facebook. Uh, Facebook, I'm always backed up on accepting friends and all that stuff on there. It's hard to keep track of that. But just type in Mance Warner. Go to Instagram, Twitter, probably the ones I'm on the most. Uh, I'm always sharing what shows I'm going to be on and what's coming up and what events. Uh, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Put in Mance Warner. I got all kinds of t-shirts on there. I got koozies on there. At the live events, I'm always selling all kinds of shit. Come on down there. Talk to me. Take a picture. I ain't going to charge you for taking a picture, you know. I'm just trying to stay busy every week, brother.
0: I think we need to rebrand it as uh, as Faceybook, Mance. What do you think about that? Oh man,
1: yeah, hey, old Faceybook. I'm always, you know,
0: it sounds like there's you,
1: always something on there. That
0: sounds like it could be a could be a fun uh, Mance Warner shirt. Just call it Facey Mance Warner with Faceybook. There you go. Get it on Pro Jump Wrestling on <laughs> Uh Mance Warner, this has been uh, fantastic. I I really thank you for your time, and I, I you know thanks. Thanks for all you do and thanks for what you you know, the great the great performances you put on for the fans and uh looking forward to what you do next uh in MLW and uh looking forward to what's gonna be happening with you in the dynasty. I think it's it's gonna be really intense, man.
1: Oh, I'll tell you, I'm gonna whoop your ass. That's fine. <laughs> this is what's gonna happen. But I hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you to the fans out there. Without them, I say this all the time and I mean it. Without them, we ain't shit. We just out there rolling around in front of nobody. So You know, thank you to the fans again. Thank you for having me on here, man. I appreciate it very much.
0: All right, thank you. You've been listening to Mance Warner, the Southern Psycho, on the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. Thank you, everybody.